Yo, 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 what's happening, folks? Welcome back to the Rotobomb Podcast. Pete Davidson here, as always. It's Tuesday, so we're talking waiver wire. Um, hope you guys had a good week 11. Mine was, like, either good or bad. There was not a whole lot of in-between. Um, I guess my, my DFS was in-between. I think I, I lost money, but it could have been a lot worse. Um, and it could have been a whole lot better. Oh, man, that Nick Chubb going out at the one. I had Chubb in, like, I think, I think I made nine lineups. I think I had Chubb in five of them. That was just brutal. Um, that oh man, all of my lineups, all my cash lineups would have cashed if Chubb had just finished that play. Uh, as it turns out, about fifty percent of them cashed. So that was really pretty brutal. Hopefully, you guys did not get the same kind of thing. That game that almost went to overtime. If that game goes to overtime, I almost definitely cash in two or three more of my GPPs. Uh, and freaking Detroit kicker hit like a freaking fifty-eight yarder or something. That was my DFS week. Um, there's other bad stuff, but let's let's not even get into that. Um, I know some of you guys got in touch with me saying you had really good weeks, so apparently you 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 avoided the the Chubb pothole or whatever it was. I, actually, I look if you put Chubb in there, he did pretty well for you. Um, I had a feeling he was going to come back in pretty much of a normal uh, role. Uh, but this is the waiver wire. I'm not going to get too much into the uh, week ten sob story. You guys don't need to hear it. Um, this is not a, like, I mean, it's, look, it's week 11. We, we talk about this every year. Generally speaking, you see a dwindling availability. The stuff that pops up at this point are, are rookies who are breaking out, uh, are guys who are getting more playing time due to injury. That's, that's mostly what it is. And what makes this week's waiver wire, I think, a little bit tricky is a lot of the guys, and this is, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back here, but a lot, this is, we've, we've had this a couple times this year where the guys who are now sort of at the top of the waiver wire are guys we were on the week before. So, like, you know, a lot of people are saying, pick up Gallman even though he's in the bye. You know, I went into Gallman last week, told you guys why I thought, even though he's not the greatest player in the world, he's got enough juice, and I think he's the best guy in that backfield right now. Um, you know, I if, I mean, if you're the Giants, why would you not play Gallman? It doesn't make any sense not to play Gallman at this point. So I think he is a great add. We'll get into that in a second. Um you know, and then, you know, also I think a lot of people will be going after Michael Pittman this week. I think a lot of you folks, if you had room for him, you probably picked him up last week. Um, but there's a couple other guys out there to talk about. I mean, there is, I think particularly with the receivers. Um, and then I think LaMichael Pirine, I don't know if he's going to be a really hot pickup this week or not. He should be. Um, but I think most of you who needed a running back should be ahead of the curve on Pirine. I think most of you guys probably already have him. But we'll go through this. I mean, look. I know that a lot of you guys blow off the things I say, uh, and a lot of the time you, know, you do well for doing it. But anyway, um, I do think Piran's going to be expensive this week. Anybody who needs a running back, particularly rest of season, you see a guy who's probably going to start the rest of the way. I don't care if they play for you know East Texas Tech. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a starting running back. All right, so um, we'll do the usual. We're going to go through this uh, position by position. I'm going to try not to go on any tangents. Um, you guys can hear probably that my voice is almost all the way back. I'm feeling like I can't even tell you how much better I'm feeling. Uh, I made like a point of it to just get like as much rest as I could, um, really starting towards late last week, and I've just sort of turned over a new leaf. I, I refuse to wear myself down because you end up, you know, <laughs> I, I've gotten into this and you guys don't need to hear this, but I have found that, you know, it... You put in a couple extra hours at night, 
it ends up not being the best work that you did during the day and it ends up ruining you for the next day. So I've really tried to get on the uh, rest kick and man, it's, it's funny. Sometimes when you are, you know, sleep deprived and when you've been working too long, you get to a point where you don't realize how tired you are. And I think that's where I was, um, a week ago. I just didn't even realize how tired I was. Um, and then you, when you get enough rest and you get yourself back to neutral, you know, it, it's only then that you realize just how exhausted you really were. It's like waking up after a bender sober and being like, oh my God, I was drunk last night. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I have been making a lot of effort um, this year to not let this happen. Uh, but sometimes you just get into a spiral where the work just keeps coming. And because it's the COVID year and we've had all these injuries, sometimes a planned rest day ends up being a day where you just have to work through it. Um, but anyway... You can, you can definitely trust, I think, the advice you're going to get from me this week because uh, I've, uh, I've got myself back on the ball. Of course, we got, what, Thanksgiving coming up soon. That week always wrecks me. Uh, I'll do the best I can on that one. Uh, but let's get into this stuff. Uh, sorry for the, the personal intro there. Um, so uh, I'm going to do my best to make this a quick podcast. You are going to hear some banging uh, outdoors. I was told by the foreman. Uh, that this is going to be the most quiet time of the day for the next 40 minutes or so. So uh, hopefully the noise uh, at the construction site is not too bad. I'm going to do my best to get through this quick. Uh, I do apologize for uh, any outside noise that's uh, getting picked up by my mic here. Um, the good news is that apparently this project's going to be done in a couple weeks. Thank God. Oh, man. I don't know if you've ever had construction next to your house, but it's just like it's it's ugly. You just, you just want it to stop, and the noise is ridiculous. Um... So at quarterbacks, um, one guy we'll just talk about real quick is Cam Newton. Um, he is down into the low 60s on Yahoo in terms of um, you know ownership, and you know I think he's a guy that I would like to pick up. I mean he's got a great matchup with Houston, then another great matchup with Arizona. Um, I think you know L.A. is a good matchup at this point, although not this. They, well, they get the the Chargers, which is fine. The Rams Week 14 isn't great, but then he's got the Dolphins and the Bills to close out. So uh, Cam's rest of schedule uh, is very good. Uh, the Patriots are in a position now where they can you know who knows? I mean maybe get back into things, maybe fix their season. Uh, so you know if they if they win the next two games, things get interesting. So uh, I think uh, Cam Newton is a, a nice guy to pick up. Um, I think he can start for you most weeks. Um, Tua, I think, has looked good. He's you know, getting a little better each week. Um, you know, they've got enough weapons. They will get some guys back at some point. Uh, the schedule for the Dolphins is pretty friendly. Um, same kind of thing with Baker Mayfield. Now, I know we talked about a lot of these Mayfield matchups that we really liked, uh, and it's really unfortunate that two of them got blown up uh, by bad weather, but by the same token, um, you still look at the at the Browns' schedule, and it, there's so much to like, right? I mean, Philadelphia this week, great throwing matchup. Uh, then Jacksonville, Tennessee. Uh, now, the Ravens' Week 14 is not great, but then they finish with the Giants and the Jets. So uh, I really still like the Browns' schedule a lot. I think Mayfield's a really good backup quarterback because you can throw him in there pretty much any week with the exception of Week 14. Um, Derek Carr uh, has, you know, like... Like we've been talking about, the guys look pretty good. They're getting it done. Some folks, you know, they might sort of shy away from Carr because, you know, the last few weeks have been great. But don't forget, that win game was just epic, epic bad stuff. And last week, they ran the ball like crazy, scored a bunch of TDs on the ground. So uh, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in that. I think Carr is definitely a guy uh, who can help you. Uh, again, 
it's not fun. I, I'm not trying to imply that Derek Carr is a, a fun player to own. Uh, but you know, uh, if you look, if you just look at the upcoming games, you got the Chiefs, which is going to be a shootout. Then you got the Falcons and the Jets. So for the next three weeks, Carr is very playable if you need him. Uh, Jameis Winston. This one is interesting, right? Because it's really going to be a matter of how long Breeze is out. And if this guy's got multiple multiple broken ribs and a collapsed lung, I can't see him being back anytime soon. Um, and over the next you know, they've got the Falcons twice in the next two weeks, and then the week after that, Philly, and then a shootout with Kansas City, and then Minnesota. The Saints' passing schedule is outstanding going forward. So I think just based on that, I mean, you know, you, you, roster Winston and play him and take the stats. Um, and, you know, when the, when the dream runs out, the dream runs out. But I think Winston, for as long as he's going to be the starter there, and I think he's going to be the starter. I don't, you know, they're not going to play Taysom Hill, please. Um... I mean, Hill will get more juice because they're going to need more things. But I, you know, Winston's going to be the quarterback. Uh, so I think Winston's an excellent pickup. It's just sort of mystery box in terms of how long it's going to last. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is a solid pickup. The schedule is playable the rest of the way. You do have to watch out for his knee injury this week and the Week 13 bye that the Panthers have. That's important. Um, might as well just jump down a bit. P.J. Walker would play for Teddy this week. If for some reason that comes to pass, he could be an option for you in super flex leagues. Uh, Daniel Jones is on the bye. If he keeps running, he's going to be a good play. I mean, if he keeps running the way he's been running, he's going to be a good play. So I think Daniel Jones, if you want to get, get roster a solid backup, you do that now. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, he is what we've been saying he is for the last couple weeks. So there's plenty of quarterbacks out there if you need one. I will grind the order of these as 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 you know, as best I can, uh, I may add another name or two uh, on the final wire. Let's move down to these running backs. Okay, so as I mentioned, uh, the guy that I'd be going after is Lamichael Pirine for the Jets. Um, I mean, you know, he's sort of the Gallman type, where you know, it's just he's just the guy who's going to be getting the work. I don't think Pirine is particularly good running back, but the thing you want to know about him is that he may be better in the pass game than he is in the run game, even though he's a fairly decent-sized running back. I think around 216, 217, something like that. Um, so uh, Pirine is a little bit like Gallman. You like the three-down capability. You like the fact that he's the Jet running back most likely to catch passes. Um, and I think that's, you know, he can be sort of a, a poor man's Mike Davis or something like that. I think Pirine will catch you know, two, three, four balls most weeks. Um, you know, rushing yardage, look, it's the Jets. Uh, they're not going to be in a lot of run scripts. You know, you get 50 yards in the ground, you did okay. But he probably will get most of the goal line touches. Um, he is a pretty good all-around back in terms of pass protection and stuff like that. There's no reason the Jets need to get him off the field. Obviously, Gore is going to get that respect role. So P. Ryan, I think, is probably a 70% back, is my guess. About 70% of everything. Uh, and on any team in the NFL, that's worth quite a bit. So to me, you can pick up P. Ryan. He can be your RB2, RB three for the rest of the year. Um, it's unlikely that he's going to be anything special, but I do think you're going to get solid running back stats out of him. Um, now, Gallman, I think probably I would have maybe ahead of P. Ryan. It's close. You know, the, the thing about Gallman is there are other running backs there who could sort of seep into the mix. I mean, I don't know. They paid Freeman. Maybe. I mean, the Giants are not the smartest team in the box. And, you know, uh, 
sometimes they're a little bit too uh, respectful to veterans and so on and so forth. So, I mean, you never know. Freeman could get his gig back. Who knows? So, I mean, I don't think that's... Unless P. Ryan just shits the bed, I think this is his gig. So that's why he's ahead of Gallman. It's close. The bye, obviously, is another big factor. Can't play can't play Gallman this week. Now, once you get past these two guys, um, there are still some, some, you know, some decent options out there. Now, Damian Harris, I could have mentioned at the top, he's 59% owned. Personally, I think I'd still rather have P. Ryan and Gallman, uh, but Harris, you know, has run well. It looks like as long as he's healthy, he's going to be the primary early down guy. Um, so if that offense gets going, Harris could be worth quite a bit. Uh, definitely think he's a guy, I wouldn't leave Damian Harris unowned in any leagues. Um any of these backs. And Naeem Hines is the next guy up, and he's right there um, with Harris. Uh, you know, look, let's look at this situation, right? A lot of people are going to be like, hey, this is just another pop-off game for Hines. I don't think that's the way to look at it. And let's, let's you know, I don't have a script I'm working from here, so I'm going to think through this um, sort of live. So, be patient with me here, but it comes down to this. Look, we've got three primary backs here. We've got the rookie, Taylor, right? We've got Hines, and we've got Wilkins, okay, Jordan Wilkins. So the snaps are going to come from these three players. Clearly, Taylor has sort of fallen out of favor. It's obvious. They don't trust him. He's not running the plays the way they're designed. He's a running back who's probably grab-bagging too much. He wants to hit the big play so badly. He wants to show everybody what he can do. Let's not forget that Taylor is a really talented back. If you have him in Dynasty and you're looking to sell at like 60 cents on the dollar, I would I would urge you to not do that. It's not worth it. I think Taylor's probably going to end up being very good. I mean, let's not forget... Remember what Marlon Mack looked like as a rookie? And then remember how good Marlon Mack looked second half of last year, early part of this year before he got hurt? Remember what Henderson looked like last year compared to what he looked like this year? We talk about running back as, you know, something that's easy to do and rookies can go off. Yes, if they get the volume, they can. And some running backs are are more ready. Some running backs are fortunate enough to go into a, 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 a... an NFL scheme that had blocking similarities to their college scheme, and when that happens, they 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 in, you know they they get into it sooner, quicker. They hit the ground running, so to speak. Right? That hasn't happened for Taylor. Okay, um, it doesn't mean he's not going to hit. But let's look at this situation going forward. Right? Let's look at it this th- as a, as an evolving situation for redraft. What are the Colts thinking? Right? The Colts are six and three. Right, they're looking at winning games. They're looking at making the playoffs. They're looking at seeding. They do not care if they offend any of these guys. They really don't. They want to win games. This isn't about, you know, bringing the rookie along and doing what's best for the rookie. This is about doing what's best for the team. All right, um, and they've got games coming up that are losable games. I mean, Green Bay, Tennessee, right, uh, Pittsburgh, Week 16. They, I mean. The Colts are in a situation where, yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs, but if they play well, they could end up with a bye. There's a lot of different scenarios here. So I think it's it's important to sort of look at the Colts from that perspective. Um, if the Colts were a really bad team, I would look at this differently. But, you know, with the exception of the Steelers and the Chiefs, there aren't any teams that, you know, so... I mean, yes, it's going to be sort of tough for them to catch the Chiefs at 8-1, and one, but by the same token, you're two games back. You can do it. Um, they could they could even catch the Steelers, and 
you know, home field advantage for the first round is important. So uh, the, the Colts have something to play for. Um, they obviously want to win that division. The Titans are right there behind them. Um, and when you look around the league, it's not like beyond the realm of possibility that the Colts get bounced out of the playoffs. Um, statistically, they're in pretty good shape. Uh, but, you know, don't forget, Browns are there at 6-3. and three. The Raiders are there at 6-3. and three. This thing's competitive. So the Indianapolis Colts are there to win games. And in that sense, I know this is a, a long wind-up. I apologize. But in that sense, they're going to go with the guy who's running the plays correctly. And that's not the rookie. That's not Taylor. And to tell you the truth, it's not really Wilkins. Wilkins has shown better run instincts and better vision than Taylor, but he's had some mediocre play himself, okay? Fumbling, you know, missing missing blocks, that kind of stuff. Hines, on the other hand, with the exception of being small, has done a lot of things correctly. This is a team where they have to throw to the running backs. They have to be able to trust the running backs. So, you know, while I'm tempted to say, yeah, Hines could just go back to that three carries for four yards and a catch for nine yards, and oh my God, I can't believe I put this guy back in my lineup. By the same token, he could become the 50% player in this backfield with the other guys fighting over the other half. He won't get a whole lot of early down carries, but he's going to get a lot of the other stuff. And the thing to remember about Hines, and this goes all the way back to his college play, this guy is good at finding holes in short yardage. He's actually a pretty good goal line runner. He's explosive. He's sort of Sprolesian near the goal line. Uh, I like the way he runs down there. I think the Colts are starting to feel that too. It's like, hey, we've got a guy in here who's multidimensional and he's a pretty good goal line runner. And it's important for them because they don't have a quarterback who can do anything for them down there. Philip Rivers can't even sneak. So it's important to have some explosivity um, in the running back. And we've seen Taylor. Taylor just isn't getting it done um, when it comes to just getting a yard. You know, when he's running against stack boxes, he's just not seeing it. So that's where I'm at on this thing. I, you know, I, th that was a lot. I'm sorry, but what the, the point I'm trying to make here is that this is this is about winning games for the Colts and the guy right now on a snap by snap basis who's getting the giving them the best chance is is Hines. So his size probably will dictate that he doesn't get too much, right? And the fact that the other players are decent and they're big backs and one of them has got draft capital and he's a mega talent. That will play a part too, but primarily it's about winning games, and I think Hines is the guy playing the best football right now. Um, and let's not forget, this guy's got like four four speed or four three nine speed. This guy can fly, and they play on a fast track. Um, and you know what? While we're while we're talking about that, let's look at the Colts. Do they play in a lot? I mean, obviously when they're home, it's a fast track. So the next two weeks against Green Bay, Tennessee, fast track. Then they're at Houston, dome, fast track. At at Vegas, fast track. Um, hosting Houston, fast track. They don't. They're not playing off of turf until Week 16 against Pittsburgh. So that's another plus factor with him. So look, I'm. You know, I would not be afraid to throw some money at Niam Hines. That's really all I'm trying to say. Um, now, some other guys who could have short-term value. Uh, Salvin Ahmed with the Dolphins, probably likely to have half that backfield again this week, probably loses it week 12 uh, to a returning Gaskin, although that is not a fait accompli. It's possible. The way Ahmed is running, I think he's the back until the starter gets back. Um, so I think he's a really good one, maybe two week if you're lucky pickup. Um, and look, 
you never know. What if the guy pins the needle? You never know. Um, and then Balage for the Chargers. Uh, I don't know how long this gig lasts for him. Jackson could be back uh, in a couple weeks. They IR'd him. Um, you know, we saw um, Eckler running, <laughs> air quote, running. He, like, put it up like he was all proud of himself. And I, I sort of thought it had a Darren Rovell feel to it. But, hey, at least he's out there running. That was a good, what, eight or nine days ago, I think. Uh, he's probably in better shape now. By next week, he could be back. Um, so Kalen Balaj, first of all, he's Kalen Balaj. Second of all, uh, probably, I think, this is probably the last week where he gets, you know, the lion's share or the biggest share. But if you're hurting for week 11, um, what the heck? <laughs> I mean, what the heck, right? Um, and you know what? While we're here, uh, man, I had this on my screen. I apologize. I'm going to go back and just give you his matchup for this week because I don't remember it um, off the top of my head. Stick with me. Okay. So this week, Balage, yeah, he hosts the Jets. There's nothing wrong with that. A little revenge game. So uh, for a one-week gig, I think Balage is okay. Um, the Rams backs, uh, <laughs> this is like such a nightmare. It's, it's a three-headed monster. But I think, you know, I would be picking up Cam Akers right now just because, you know, he, he, he finally came out and really was in a three-man thing. It, 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 it's starting to get the feel there that if Cam Akers can sort of, if the light can come on for him, he could be the guy. Uh, 11 touches last week, most playing time, he said, since week one. Uh, definitely a three-way split. The other guys were involved. Obviously, the other guys scored touchdowns. Uh, but I think in terms of you know running backs out there that I would want to stash, uh, I think Akers is the guy right now. I think he's the guy. Um, but you know what? We're not done. Um, first of all, the other two Rams backs can be, you know, obviously uh, Henderson's not available in most leagues, but Malcolm Brown is another guy. You can pick him up if you need some help in a deeper league. Um, I think Gus Edwards uh, is still a guy who can help you. Um, it's not pretty, but he can help you, particularly in non-PPR. I think Rex Burkhead is a good pickup in deeper leagues. I think Boston Scott, granted, his production last week was really one long run, but we've seen how good he's playing. He's still making plays even when he's the two back, and let's not kid ourselves. Miles Sanders has had a number of injuries now. He's had a knee thing this year and a hamstring thing this year. The idea that he gets dinged up again is not a stretch, and if that happens, Boston Scott looks like a 75% back uh, who catches passes. Uh, so I think Boston Scott in deeper leagues should be uh, rostered. Uh, Carlos Hyde could return this week. If he does, I think he becomes the primary runner until uh, Carson gets back, which doesn't look like it'll be this week. So I think in deeper leagues, if Hyde has been dropped, he could be a guy who scores multiple touchdowns this week. He could also be a guy who gets you know 14 carries for you know 62 yards. But um, I do think he would be the primary goal line guy for the Seahawks uh, until Carson gets back. While we're on the Seahawks, given that none of these guys has been great, and Carson has been dinged up all year. He's dinged up now. And, it, and you know, <laughs> he was like borderline. He could play that first week. And now then he hasn't been close the last couple. So this injury is worse than they're letting on. Who knows what's actually going on. Uh, and to me, that makes Rashad Penny very interesting. Now, Penny's a little bit of a mystery too. Um, they're obviously making him get all the way healthy. But 
what that says to me is the minute he hits the field, he could hit the ground running. They might bring him back. He need, They might be looking at, at him like, hey, we want him back at full strength. So, you know, Rashad Penny comes back like, you know, week 12. He could come back with half the gig. If he has a big game, if he plays well for a couple weeks, by week 13, 14, he could be the main guy for all we know. I mean, I, clearly Carson's the guy that they love, but, you know, this is a team looking to win a Super Bowl. So if Rashad Penny comes back and starts breaking big plays, he's going to have a role. And when you're talking, I mean, Rashad Penny was a pretty effective runner, you know, back when they were a ground and pound team, and the run is what teams were looking for. I, it's, I mean, it's pretty interesting to think about what Rashad Penny might do when you've got freaking DK Monster occupying extra defenders downfield, and you've got you know Lockett demanding extra attention. These guys can clear out a lot of space. You could see some big runs out of Rashad Penny. So, you know, it, I think Penny and Akers both make sense um, in deeper leagues as stashes. Um, let me see anything else here that I really want to get into. <sighs> nah, I, I'm going to do my best to order these guys um, and put them maybe into two different tiers um, when I get the waiver wire up. I'll probably have another running back or two in here that I haven't talked about yet. Uh, but we're running low on time, so let's talk about these receivers because there's a lot of them, uh, and some of these guys are important. Uh, Pittman. Sure looks like the number one receiver on the Colts, as we talked about um, last week. So I think Pittman is a priority pickup who is available in a lot of places. Now, as far as guys who may not be available, I think uh, Sterling Shepard and Jacoby Myers both excellent pickups. Uh, there's a lot of good guys out there this week. Um, and really, I would look at the schedules, um, look at where the good matchups are based on when you think you're going to need extra receivers to put into your lineups. That could have, you know, because a lot of these guys who I'm going to put in Tier 1 are very similar. So you know you don't don't go by my ranking. These guys are close. Go by what fits for you. Some some of these guys could protect you, um, you know, to injuries to other players and that kind of thing. Actually, you know what? That's not true. Um, but anyway, um, let's just look at this in terms of the guys that I would make a priority. The guy I think above everybody else that I would be picking up is Jalen Rieger. And it's just because, I, it just based on what I'm seeing, it really looks like they want to make him a big part of the offense. It looks like they want him to be the number one passing down weapon, or passing game weapon, excuse me. Um, it's not coming together fast, uh, but he played a lot last week. Um, they, you know, some of the plays were designed to go to him. He was going to be the play no matter what. Um, they were throwing to him in big spots. So, you know, even if they don't think he is necessarily the answer, you can tell that they want to get him up to speed. Um, he played 88% of the snaps last week. 88%. So, you know, I, to me that says just about everything I need to know. Um, if you look at his game logs, uh, it's you know, he's picked up the last couple weeks. Uh, targets were 6 uh, in week 8. Then coming off the bye, he hit 7. I think 7 is going to be the norm. Um, with potential for more, uh, and I think the big games are coming. He hasn't. Uh, he's gone over 40 yards three times uh, in his what five games. Obviously, one of those games he got hurt um, and didn't really do anything. Um, so, you know, to me, Rieger is sort of um, a potential breakout waiting to happen. And you know, unless I already have all the stud players I want, and I'm just sort of trying to put floor players on my bench, uh, I would make. Rieger a big priority this week. Um, Jacoby Myers, 
absolutely, you know, I think in PPR, you can make an argument that Jacoby Myers could be the top name on this list. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, the thing with Myers is Cam Newton is inconsistent with his accuracy, and at some point we could see Edelman back, and then who knows what happens with that thing. Um, as far as guys who haven't really been getting it done consistently, but who have big ceilings, I think Henry Ruggs and Denzel Mims are both great pickups. Uh, Brashard Perryman, similar upside, never stays healthy. Probably a guy you can put in and expect pretty good statistics right now. So I think Brashad Perryman is definitely in the mix uh, for this upper tier. LaVisca Chenault uh, should be healthy next week, should get his gig back. I really like his matchups weeks 12, 13, and 14. So maybe add uh, Chenault for your bench this week as a guy who you might be able to put in there for some big starts. Um, you know, uh, again, really good matchups um, weeks 12, 13, and 14. Now I can't remember what they are. Uh, let's see. Let's. I'll tell you guys exactly what these matchups are just for kicks here. Um, yeah, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Tennessee. That I love that. So um, definitely um, good stuff um, for that three-week run for Chenault. His his other playoffs match other playoff matchups are not actually very good. Uh, I think Michael Gallup. Um, with the Cowboys. Obviously the Cowboys need to sort of go pedal to the metal. They need to go out. They're going to have to throw the ball. They don't have a choice. They've got Minnesota, Washington, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Philadelphia, all left on the schedule. These are all throwing matchups. Um, so I think, you know, Gallup was a guy where I said I, I, I really thought he was being overdrafted preseason. I'm not trying to take a victory lap on that, but sometimes these guys get you know, too much shade when they start to fall apart. It's not all Gallup's fault. Um, I do think things are going to start coming back together for the Cowboys a little bit. Uh, you know, certainly Andy Dalton's nothing special, but he's going to be an improvement over what we've seen. Uh, and, you know, Gallup should be out there, I think, as, um, you know, getting a lot of snaps. So uh, Michael Gallup, I think, should be owned in all leagues. Even if you don't want him in the starting lineup, he should be owned. Um, Alan Lazard, obviously we've been sort of patiently waiting for Lazard to come back. Hopefully this is going to be the week. Um, and, I, you know, when we look at the playing time, yeah, I mean, they just basically haven't even been playing a third receiver. You know, a, a snap for Winfrey, a snap for Taylor here or there, but neither one of these guys are getting meaningful playing time. Adams and Scantling uh, are playing all the time, and we're seeing extra snaps for the tight ends. They're basically replacing... Um, Lazard uh, with a tight end. So um, hopefully Lazard comes back this week. I think he would be a good pickup. Uh, I think he's a good, solid, like, seven-target guy on, on, on weeks where he's healthy. Uh, Tim Patrick, still a good pickup. Josh Reynolds, um, as we were talking about in the DFS podcast, we were talking about, you know, the way his targets have just been sort of walking up, getting better every single week. Um, and just let's might as well just sort of revisit this. Um let me see here, Reynolds, <laughs> yeah, oh my god, it happened again, so just, I mean, this is almost funny at this point, but starting in week five, four targets, week six, five targets, week seven, eight targets, week eight, nine targets, and in week ten, ten targets, so I don't know, maybe he's going to have 11 targets uh, this upcoming week, uh, that's sort of what the numbers imply, um, 
so I think he's he's a very good pickup at this point. Um, he's basically taken the rookie Van Jefferson and uh, parked his ass on the bench. Um, we talked about Jakeem Grant. He hit. He's still going to be the number number two receiver for the Dolphins this week. Once Preston Williams comes back, his value will decline. But for right now, Jakeem Grant uh, is a nice player to have. T. Y. Hilton. He's T.Y. Hilton. At some point, he's going to start putting up some numbers. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, as we've been talking about, um, he's always a risk to do not much, but he can drop two long ones any game. So I think he's a guy who has to be owned in all 12-team leagues and certainly is worth a start when you need him in a 10-team league. Uh, K.J. Hamler. Uh, let's go over Hamler's um, playing time while we're here. Um, it's 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 really been relatively good. Um and let's sort of just bring this up here. How was it last week? Yeah, um, 87. So he just he just played his season high in snaps. He has not been below 75% of the snaps uh, since, I think, week 7. So this is starting to happen here with Hamler. Uh, and the targets have been good. 20 targets over the last two weeks. Uh, you know, K.J. Hamler... Uh, I don't even know if you call him a stash at this point. He's sort of a flex option who could really start putting up monster games at some point. So I think K.J. Hamler, I, I think, really is probably going to end up uh, you know, in Tier 1 uh, ahead of Joaquin Grant, uh, ahead of T.Y. Hilton, ahead of Marquez Valdez-Scantling maybe even, because I think he's got some floor. Um, let me see. Anybody else here? If, if... Uh, and this probably makes sense for those of us who have Calvin Ridley. If Ridley doesn't play this week, then Olamide Zacchaeus uh, could be a thing uh, again. So he's a guy worth talking about. I will order these guys and break them down into multiple tiers uh, on the wire. I will probably add another name or two uh, with these receivers. Uh, but what you've heard so far is what I've come up with. It's also worth paying attention to the Chiefs this week. Uh, if Watkins is going to play, he's a nice pickup. If not, Hardman is probably a pretty good play. Uh, that might be something to sort of watch and let it evolve as the week goes on. Um, and again, unless you're chasing one of these guys who I really like, I think this is another week to sort of just play it smart with your money. Money really has a lot of value this year. You know, the COVID losses I think are going to continue to pile up. The NFL obviously has been playing it fast and loose. I mean, it's obvious. I don't even know if it's funny, but it's the truth. But still, uh, when a guy has COVID, he doesn't play. Um, okay, we've gone long here. We're already at around 35 minutes, so let's jump down to these tight ends. It's not beautiful. Uh, I think the names to focus on are the guys that are just a little past 50%. Austin Hooper's a little past 60%. He's the best pickup if you can get him. Zach Ertz is probably going to play this week. He'll hit the ground running. Uh, you know, I think if you, you know, if you know picking up like Ertz and Richard Rodgers if you're desperate at tight end and then if Ertz is active you play Ertz if he's not active you can play Rodgers that's one way to play it um, but Hooper, Ertz, and Robert Tanyan all are solid pickups if any of them are available after that I like Logan Thomas um, Jordan Reed is going on the bye so he'll be a good healthy play coming out of his bye we like it when Jordan Reed goes into his bye healthy um, but he can't help you this week if you're super desperate, you can look at Jared Everett or Trey Burton. If uh, Jack Doyle doesn't come back this week, he probably will. Uh, Mo Alley Cox. If you play in an ESPN league, 
uh, and I'm not sure, maybe at NFL.com league. There are a couple places that allow you to play Taysom Hill at tight end. He would be a pretty good play this week if you're in one of those places. I think Kyle Rudolph would be a good play if Irv Smith doesn't make it back from his groin injury. That's probably like a 50-50 call. So, so that's pretty much what's out there at tight end. It ain't pretty. Um, I, most of us have, you know, a mediocre tight end we're going to be playing anyway. But uh, if you're hurting, I think that, that's the group to sort of focus on. Okay, well, that actually didn't take too long. Um, so this was all right. Got it in under five minutes, uh, under 40 minutes, excuse me. If you, if you listen, you can sort of hear the construction going on outside. It hasn't been too bad. Um, so um, thanks for tuning back in to the Rotobomb podcast. We got, uh, what, a three week sprint to get into the playoffs, but uh, we'll keep grinding. Uh, I will be getting those ranks up on time this week. They should almost definitely be a little fatter with the comments. Uh, sorry for last week, but I was, uh, as I said, I was I was monitoring myself, trying to make sure I got enough rest. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm doing okay with my teams. I've got a couple teams that just tanked with injuries. One of my favorite teams. Um, just to sort of commiserate, I know some of you guys, I'm sure, have had uh, some stuff. But I have a team that was going for its third straight, almost definitely knocked out now, I think. But McCaffrey, Chubb, Kittle, Ertz. Um, Michael Thomas, Julian Edelman. I mean, it just keeps going on and on. It's like every good player I have got hurt. Um, it's tough. Uh, but I've got a couple teams in first place, too. Got plenty to play for. I'm not going to go belly up on you guys. Um, and I will be around. I'll be on Twitter today. So if you have any, uh, you know, burning questions, a couple guys you can't figure out who to prioritize, um, you know, which guy's best, you know, is the best fit for your team, that kind of thing, hit me up on Twitter. I'll get back to you. Uh, So that's going to do it for the Waiver Wire Pod. I won't be podcasting again until Saturday when we do the DFS pod. Um, Sorry about last week. The thing with the plumber sort of came out of nowhere. Uh, But things are looking a lot better for this week. So onward, upward. See you soon. Giddy up.